Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're back in studio. First time in a minute here. I'm here by myself without Jared, but I'm here with a special guest, uh, Dr. Belisa Vranich. Very excited to have you here. Thank you for coming. Pronunciation. It was good, right? It was good. I had to ask you just to double check before we were on air and officially record. Never know what's going to happen with my name. You know, (laughs) that's absolutely. I need you to say it with your accent though for everybody. Do the. But I just, I don't feel it's like natural. I have an accent. Really? Belisa Vranich. Okay, yeah, yeah no, it is. Yeah. Sometimes I remember the first time that you, like, I called you and you were like, hello, it's Belisa. I'm like, whoa, that's not what I expected. Like, that was fun. <laughs> um, but seriously, thank you for coming down. You're in Baton Rouge. You're helping me uh, complete my certification for your Breathe course. So you are the founder of the Breathe course, right? The Breathing class. The Breathing yeah. class. Yeah, I'm sorry. The Breathing class. And you are actually about to release your second book, Breathing for Warriors, correct? Yes. Coming out in March. We don't it's know the exact... At, yeah, it's coming out March 10th. March 10th. Okay, so, so we know the exact yeah. date. I know, awesome. I know the exact... I actually have a countdown on my... Stop it. Yeah. That oh, that's like, right. You told me the other day. You're like 50... I do. Uh, what's it that like right 50 now? 50-some days. I haven't looked at it Stop today. Stop it. You just said hours. you have a countdown. You know exactly what it is. It's It's... You know, if I looked at it today, I don't know. I don't want to think about it. It makes me nervous. Okay, okay, all right, all right. It's like right. having a baby. Well, like, then just no, breathe. Exactly. Just belly breathe and oh, you'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? So you're like, certified. I heard so it you're... from somebody. Yeah, that's yeah. it. All right. All right, so let's talk about breathing for warriors because obviously we'll get into uh, your breathing class and everything and we'll get into the details of that. But what's give me a little bit about breathing for warriors, why you wanted to write this book, your co-author, all that. No problem. So what happened is that when I first started teaching breathing, people would, one of the first questions they would have is, um, how do I breathe at the gym? Okay. And I would say, I don't care because <laughs> I was working on their breathing all day long, which was really messed up. Right. So when they would ask, how do I breathe at the gym? My thought was, you know, you're at the gym an hour a day, maybe an hour and a half a day, maybe, right. you know? Um, so I don't want to confuse you with all that information. Let's just look at your breathing right now, which is pretty screwed up as it is. So what you're doing at the gym, like, I don't even want to talk about that because I just have to get your messed up breathing right, right now for the other 23 hours of the day. Right. And then what started happening is that I actually started looking more at sports and realizing how we didn't look at breathing in sports and how there was good information out there, but it happened to be all over the place. So right. you, could never have, you didn't have one source for each sport or even two. And the book really is combining all the best sources, all the best information in all different sports in one place. And your co-author is Brian? Brian Sabin, who okay. is an award-winning uh, author. And awesome. No, he actually, we got together because he um, interviewed me for an article on breathing in sports Damn. about two years ago. Okay. And he just had such a nice vibe. He has such great questions. The article that came out, I'll give you the link for that because it's kind of historical yeah. and all this. Is, uh, it was a great article. I really liked him. And we, it's kind of a marriage when you, end, you have a co-author. Your co <laughs> Yeah, you really, it's your work husband. Um, so he's had to. I like that. I've had to learn Was he married? Was about, he married? Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. do you have to meet kids. the wife and be like, okay, I'm, yeah, this is my um, work husband. Yeah, this is my work husband. <laughs> you just have to tolerate me. I have yeah. to learn about I'm around. Life. I'm going to be around. Deal You're with it. I'm going to be around. Don't worry about it. And um, yeah, and also had to, he has kids and he's a great dad. So I also had to like That's deal awesome. with, okay, well someone's coming over and she needs to poop so you have to get off the phone we like talked about child. that yeah. yeah they're like damn it god i need yeah. you like i need you right I now stop right worrying now. about your kids don't worry about the pooping um but yeah that's that was good for me in learning how to you know have a work husband and he had to you know deal with my meltdowns did he call you his work wife no he did not <laughs> he was like you are my you know often emotional co-author <laughs> that I have to calm down and exactly. be perspective to. But it's, you know, it's personal. It's your book. It's, yeah. It is like having a, you know, I've never had a child, but I'm, it's 
really similar. Yeah. I actually think probably having a child so might be easier. It may be easier than, than writing, writing a book, book, especially from what you told me and all the public, there's a lot of layers to that. So, so many layers. Yeah. yeah you know. We're good. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up with that, but I kind of want to introduce you a little bit more to our listeners. Um, we've had some really cool guests on the show. You're one of our, you know, newest, uh, newest guests and add to, adding to that list, you're a clinical psychologist by, by trade. Right. And that's kind of your, what you, how you started this. Um, give us a little journey into why you started getting into breathwork from psychology and then kind of how you tie in the, the two, the breathwork with, sure. and the, you know, the mechanics of the breathwork with psychology. Okay. So I was a psychologist for about 15 years. Um, okay. I did my degree at NYU and then at Bellevue hospital. Which okay. If you know anything about hospitals and, and psychiatric hospitals, it's the biggest psychiatric hospital possibly in the world. Definitely right. the most famous. Yep. So I was just going to say happens, definitely the most well known. Right? Yeah, yeah. When anything happens in New York, that's crazy. People get sent to Bellevue. Right. So what happens after um, internship there is that you're not scared of anything because <laughs> you've, you've seen had everything. you've seen everything. Yeah. So you get out of there. It's a great training. It's super intense. But anyway, so that's where I went, and um, and I had a clinical practice and I worked in the prison system and you know did all kinds of things within psychology right. and pretty much I'd change every couple of years within psychology. Right. Just because, you know, I have a little vocational ADD, but, but <laughs> also it's you. like, you, yeah, You've right? spent some time around me the last couple of days. I, I can relate to that. But also was, I, I love learning. So within psychology, I was like, oh, okay, well, I can do parole assessments. That sounds awesome. Or right. I can teach, you know, I can teach. That sounds pretty cool too. Or I remember I told you last night is that I got offered a job being the sex editor at Men's Fitness Magazine. Yeah. And I actually came back to them and I said, I can't take this job because I don't have a degree in human sexuality and my personal life isn't that interesting that I think <laughs> I can actually write some really cool stuff. Are you sure that yeah. they weren't knocking on your door because it was so interesting? <laughs> They're like, oh, They're we like, need no, to no, get no, no, we, we, we know you. We, we we're, know hi you. we're hiring you for a reason. And our... we want all personal stories. <laughs> yeah. and we really only want the personal, yeah. <laughs> actually, we know you're not a sex doctor. We just want the personal stories. <laughs> so they got no personal stories, but I did get to answer. So I finally did take the job because I said, I will be. I will do this if you say I'm health and sex because I want to be able right. to do health and mental health as well as right. sexual health. And then I realized that people were just going to ask questions about penis size anyway. <laughs> so I really didn't need. God, that the much male training. ego, right? Yeah. I feel like that's a line from a movie, right? <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Definitely. Some woman has said that. God damn. Gotta be careful the way I say things. <laughs> Keep it PG. So no, um, we're not PG on the show. Just, no, we can oh, curse. Oh. That's why, like you said, penis. I was like, it was a little former. Can we say oh, yeah? dick or yeah. like? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I actually so I put I explicit on the thing so that way everybody knows they know what they're walking earmuffs into. Earmuffs on yeah, the kids. Exactly, earmuffs. Well, I remember one of the jobs I got was writing then writing sexual health, sex and health content for Fox News. And you didn't tell me that. That's really I cool. I did. Yeah, okay. it was cool. But you have to realize that that kind of environment it's like an incredibly and I will say this a very prudish environment, but also really salacious. So you're you're in this in between spot where they want really dirty stuff. But they want you not to say. So that you had to fit. You had to fit into a certain box. Yeah, it's a whatever. very weird little box right. with very thin lines. <laughs> so um, I'm supposed to be talking about all this stuff that's again, you know, titillating right. and, and really sexual, highly sexually right. charged. But at the same time, I can't use words for genitals. So I remember them saying like, "Don't use like." Oh my and they God. actually whispered it. Can't say yeah, penis, yeah. can't say vagina. You, and you definitely can't say it too loud. Oh, no. No, you can't. Like, <laughs> no screaming penis, or, you know, balls wow. or anything like that. So, so you have to use genitals, male or, or what, what is it? Uh, I know. How do you appendage? talk about sex? <laughs> yeah, male without, appendage. Like, male, I have to say, I never said male appendage. Isn't that, that one of the sounded. things that they teach in, in textbooks? Well, or am I not? you could say twig and berries. <laughs> no man ever wants to hear talk about his junk <laughs> no. as a twig. Twig and berries. No. And you could say vajayjay. Vajayjay, I like yeah. that one. That one's good. Okay. I feel like girls like that one. You like that one? Yeah. yeah. What? So. What? I'm not a girl. I said girls like that one. You know, <laughs> I get, well, you're writing from men's health, so maybe. Continue. So Sorry, that was I'm an interesting one. Um, so... <laughs> I was, um, it was a, a combination of things. So um, my dad had always done um, like yoga and yoga breathing. Okay. So um, he also had just gotten diagnosed with vascular dementia, which is, has to do with lack of oxygen to your brain. Wow. I had been a cross-country runner in high school, and I'd also worked for Jacques Cousteau. So I'd been like yeah. around oxygen. Not, you know, actually I wasn't on the boat, but like, we were in places where there was obviously a lot of talk yeah. underwater and oxygen tanks and so that forth. Is. And then I guess the the pinnacle of it or the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back is I was getting out of a relationship with a guy 
And I don't know if you've ever had this relationship where you're together for one year and then you're breaking up for like four. <laughs> That's miserable. I've definitely had that. You've been that way? Yeah, well, maybe a couple people. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and you're like, was this a five-year relationship or is this like a really bad one-year decision? And then we just decided we were just going to be something else other than a relationship. Yeah, but yeah. You're just sifting so, through it for four years trying to figure it out. <laughs> four years, you're like breaking up, getting back together, seeing if you could find something good. Correct. You're figuring Now like you're into it three years and you're like, I invested three years. I got to make this work. <laughs> anyway, so I started grinding my teeth. Okay. Which is happens a lot right. when you're like Stre yeah. stressed exactly. and angry and yeah. upset and that you're trying to be control your emotions. So I started grinding my teeth and like most things I do, I did it very uh, passionately. Yeah. <laughs> you're searching for the right word. There. I was searching gotcha. for the right word. So I go to the dentist and not only had I cracked my tooth, it had cracked into the jaw. So like I think I said this the other day yeah, is that yeah. like, one of the most expensive things I have are my teeth. Yeah. So I don't want anything near my teeth. <laughs> you see these things? <laughs> nothing yeah. near my teeth. <laughs> nothing? Of any sort near my are teeth. You sure? No, nothing. <laughs> They're really expensive. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it went through a, a lot of. Right. And that kind of led you to this, led you to the breathing stuff after well, that? I had to figure out. So I was this sort of type A that thought, like, I got my shit together. Right. And I'm sure, like, you're listening, you're going, oh, yeah, that's me. Like, I get a lot done. I got my shit together. Right. So this was a, a real blow to my psychological self. Yeah. Of having the dentist say, you're grinding your teeth and it's not because anything's wrong with your jaw. Right. This is stress. And I was like, no, my mind my is too strong for that. was, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> I have my stress together. Like, I yeah. got mad yeah. at him for telling like, me I'm that I had I'm a psychologist. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I have it together. And I didn't have it together. So I had to look at what... um what I could do, so, you know. And that's when tequila, you started. Tequila, yoga, no, there was a couple <laughs> After steps tequila, before. <laughs> then we decided, can we do something a little yoga. bit more holistic? <laughs> so you tried yoga. So the yoga, and I, this sounds so cliche, but um, I went to I went to about two years of yoga classes trying to find the right one. Okay. Because. More instructor or class-based, like the style of yoga that you were looking for? It was the style, okay. because I didn't love incense, mm -hmm. which now I actually like, but also like, I wanted the floor to be clean and, <laughs> and I wanted to make sure my mat was clean. I don't know. I'm totally, obviously I'm with I'm you. I mean, no, I, get you. I, I get it. Yeah. It's all right. And then if you're not like, once you get into it, you start liking different things, you get more open-minded, but it was, I remember one place had a rug and I was like, I can't do yoga on a mat on a rug. Like it just felt yucky. Yeah. You know, I feel like there'd be sweat sitting in the yeah, rug and like, yeah, it would smell funny. And then your face is on the rug. People's feet's been there. It's, not good. Yeah, not good. No. I'm with you. Yeah. The feet. So I walk into this one class and they're playing Beastie Boys and it was really clean. So I was like, oh, okay, I found okay. my home. Fucking with these people. These are my people. <laughs> these are my people. And the music was great. They, it was not all like yoga e music. They right. mix it up, which made me love the yoga e music. And um, they would talk about breathing. So there was all these cool words, like Kapalabhati and alternate nose and all these things. So I loved the yoga. I loved the breathing that we did. But then I started asking questions. So I was like, well... Why does Ujjayi breath work to calm you down? So that's the one that it's like the Darth Vader right. sounding. Can you do it? No, you do it. You're the <laughs> so breath expert. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so is that, that the one where you breathe through through your like you make the you make okay. this like sound? It's supposed to sound like the ocean. Yeah. So you make and you hear it. There you go. It's almost like a pre-snore. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you can hear it in your ears and in is your the, body. And the vibra is it the vibration that helps with? So there you okay, go, exactly. Is that So in yoga, they, they say ujjayi breath is good for you, but they don't tell you why. Correct. And I'm the person in the back raising my hand over and over. Give me yes. details. I yeah, need can to you know. give me a study? Me. <laughs> what does this do? So now I know that the, that vibration actually stimulates your vagus nerve. And it's the same vibration that happens like your, um, when you hum. So that humming or oming right. is whatever is that, that stimulates your vagus nerve, which actually calms you down. Correct. Right. So thank you. And that's, <laughs> a, <laughs> well, that, that's the, <laughs> you're welcome. Got you. I was, I was just baiting you to say the right things that I wanted there you to go. say. Yeah, um, I know. I'm, no, I'm no, reading no, your mind. Like, he wants you to say this. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I wanted you to touch on the vagus nerve. I wanted yeah. you to, that's, that's really what I wanted to say. And can you kind of explain to, to our listeners a little bit about the vagus nerve and how, how breathing kind of gets you into that parasympathetic state? Well, that state? is like, actually, that's part of your training. Okay. Was understanding the vagus nerve. So I almost feel like I should throw that back. Stop you, but, quizzing me. Yeah. We're going to be doing <laughs> testing later. These are for the, the my listeners. They, they don't want to listen to me talk. They want, they want to listen to you. That's why so, I'm on here. Okay. That's so why you're on here. You got to think of, um, um, so I, um, most of the examples I give, I either talk about animals or food. Okay. That's just, 
I don't know why. Either I'm talking Thanks. about an animal example or a food example because that's those are the two that resonate with me. Oh my, there's a third one. You mix in sex there sometimes a, too. I'm it's okay. Like, yeah, you're, penis. You're, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't like the word. No, it's penis. a weird word. Like, I don't like, like it. I think that like, oh. there's words that resonate with you as far as genitalia. Yeah. Yeah. And penis is not what one is of them. It? What, what resonates yeah. with you? Dick is good for yeah, you. Yeah. Well, really? that's what I would use for yeah. like my own yeah. appendage. You know, pussy for a girl. Yeah. Is that? If you're talking another guy's dick. I don't really talk about another guy's no. dick for too much. I would use the word no. dick, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, stop. <laughs> I'm just messing. All right, now we got to edit that out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, yeah, hell yeah, no. Yeah. We, put, we, we put everything out there. I always this is thought raw. Johnson was so funny. Johnson? See, I don't like that because then it's just like there's too many stupid plays on it, you know, and I'm a yeah. baseball player. We had clubhouses, yeah. and there's guys with the last yeah. name Johnson. Stupid. You know, it's just it's weird. So, so we didn't ever do that. <laughs> one of my – one of the, my – one of my favorite was uh, one-eyed – Purple-headed yogurt flinger. Whoa, that was in depth. Because yeah. I've heard the one-eyed monster, yeah. you know, like yeah. the one-eyed thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's so. Say that again. How yeah. did you remember that? I feel like that's yep. way too long if you're talking about. It's it way too long because then you forget the end of the sentence, <laughs> as I have right now. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But you just pictured yeah. the dick in your mind. That's really all that matters. That's what I completely go to. <laughs> okay. One-eyed purple-headed yogurt. All right, flinger. animals. <laughs> okay, animals back to Vegas and... nerve. <laughs> so Vegas nerve. I want you to think about. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen a jellyfish. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That has super long tendrils. Okay. Or an, think of an octopus. Okay. So your vagus nerve is sort of like that. It starts at your head and it goes throughout your whole body. Correct. And to be able to stimulate the part of your vagus nerve that then puts you in a parasympathetic state and calms you down, there are several things that you can do. So um, you can hum, uh, you can uh, breathe diaphragmatically, yep. um, you can extend your exhale, or you can put your hands and your face in cold water. <laughs> now, generally, we don't walk around, you know, with with a pan of cold, cold water, water you to can be stick able to your do face it. and your hands yeah. in. So those other things you can do, and that's how you get yourself at least physiologically to calm down. Right. And then there's completely separate is what you're thinking in your mind. Because you can be thinking horrible things in your mind, but if you're doing those things, you can stay, your heart rate can stay low, or vice versa. You can be thinking the most zen-like things ever, but if you're um, breathing vertically, you're not humming, um, and you are uh, have a very short, shallow exhale, your heart rate is probably going to still be up, and you're not going to be as calm as you'd like to be. Right. Got it. And that's the difference between the sympathetic, which is fight or flight, and the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest, correct? Yes. That's the two states or versions of our anatomic or uh, autonomic nervous system, correct? Yes. And what I want to actually clarify, which is great that you brought this up, is that we actually, that's on a spectrum. So most of us live being on the end of one line right. or the end of the other. We talked about this yesterday. I yeah. love this. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So we're either on, so like caffeinated, yeah. psyched, yep. stressed. You know, Head down. I'm working. I'm, I, I work yeah. my ass off. Yeah, exactly. Like super, yep. and it's, badass. It's a, yeah, it's badass. a good thing. Yeah. You're feeling good yeah. or maybe not, but you're on 10. Right. Whatever it yeah. is, you're, you're on accomplished. 10. You feel like you're doing things. You're yeah. doing things and you're caffeinated. Right. Um, <laughs> Or you're you're you are exhausted and you're at zero, you know, or you're just numbed out. Right. So, and the fact is that we have a whole range of arousal. Yep. Um, and you should be able to be within that range. So yep. you should be able to be at a five or a seven or a four. And that, like, as you become a more evolved human, is what you look for: is can yes. I be in an in-between state where I can switch from a six to a four? Correct. Where I can go from a three to a ten. Yep. So. No, I love that. That's what we talked about yesterday. And I think that's like almost the definition of being superhuman is being able to have that 10 and get to the 10 when you need to because you're conserving, you're able to hover in the middle part and you're not, you're, you're able to ebb and, ebb and flow more naturally. You're able to ride the lows a little bit and conserve that energy. And then when you need them at the high, you're a superhuman, you're super focused and that. You are like a what? What well, animal? Uh, crocodile. crocodile? No, it's saying, an alligator. Is it an alligator? I don't know. Um, we're alligators down here. We're the like we're bayou. So here you're bayou. Yeah. Okay. Crocodile's Florida, I think. Is it Florida? Do we know anybody? Anybody know? Do I don't know, know about that. Well, I, I just to know that one. I think it's an alligator trots, 
and oh, a that's crocodile right. yeah, yeah. pounces. Okay. So that's why. So I was you like, want to go the pounce? That's I right. I want to pounce. Okay. Yeah. And that's what so we're talking about. Conserve that energy. Conserve energy. Your and pounce, pounce is better. Yeah. Love so that. Your pounce is better. Yeah. yeah. Love it. <laughs> um, and like you talked about a little bit about, and we talk about parasympathetic and sympathetic, you know, fight or flight or rest and digest. You said something that I really wanted to talk about because to me, it's the basis of your class and or one of the basis of the class. We've touched on the psychology and that's the one thing that was that attracted me so much to you, your class, your brand, all the things you combine so eloquently the the psychology and the mechanics of breathing. And that's to me is like the most fascinating thing. You know, I'm a cerebral. I, I think about everything like and I think about thinking, you know, that metacognition is, is something that I'm obsessed with. So I think the thinking of the mechanics of breathing. So obviously the psychology of it is so fascinating to me. And so. And then obviously I started diving into your stuff and you talk about vertical and horizontal breathing. So can you dive in a little bit on what a vertical breath is and what sure. a horizontal breath is? Sure. Um, and I, I have to thank you for bringing in the psychology Yeah. because um, you can't make for a, ha a health habit change if you don't bring in the psychology, which is why diets don't work. I agree. Because, you know, they're broken down into something that's way too simple. Yeah, that's why I always, uh, a diet yeah. is more about the mindset than it is about the actual discipline. If you get the mindset right, then you can maintain then the discipline. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. But so again. a vertical breath is like, if you take a vertical breath right yep. now, yep. come off. So you guys can try this is that come off the back of your chair so that you're kind of perched, more perched than you are leaning on the back of your chair. And most of us lean on the back of our chair, which is actually terrible for right. you. Right because it puts your hips into a position you just stay there for hours. Right. So come up off the back of your chair and sit up super straight and now take a deep breath. So big inhale and then exhale. Big inhale and then exhale. So most of us breathe up and down. So right. you'll feel yourself, I know people say like, oh, feel like you have a, a thread in the back of your head that pulls you up into a, I don't know where that comes from, but it's a <laughs> sort of like you pull up. Right. And, and breathing in general, when you think about it, there's this idea that, that an inhale is an upward motion, right. like up towards the skies, towards the heavens. Right. And then an exhale is calm down and relax your body and let your belly go and just kind of like relax. And that, um, that idea is actually super erroneous. Super erroneous, <laughs> not just like erroneous. Like erroneous, erroneous on all charges. <laughs> Bad. That's it. So, um, and again, if we go to mechanics, it says those mechanics are terrible. And it's because of this myth that we have that inhale is up and exhale right. relaxes down. So if you're a vertical breather, you do that. You think an inhale is up and you use auxiliary muscles. So it might be a thoracically driven breath, which means it's the upper part of your chest, or it may be very, very apical vertical, which is neck and shoulders. Right. And uh, most people fall between those two, of yep. a, a chest thoracically driven breath um, which crunches up your back, correct? Um, or it's your neck and shoulders going up. So that's a vertical breath. Gotcha. And a horizontal breath is the exact, well, opposite. <laughs> <laughs> vertical and horizontal vertical are and opposites? Horizontal. They're not actually. This like, is what enlightening. did I say? I was, the other day I said it was like, it's 180 degrees difference. And someone like, said, well, no, I think it might be like, we went into this whole like math. The 360 one. So if you look at any animal on the planet, breathe. So, or a child under the age of five is that, they will breathe, inhale, they expand, and exhale, they contract. So think of a puffer fish or just, just any animal. Right. Like you will not see any animals breathe with their shoulders. And granted, most of them are down on, you know, four, four legs paws, yeah, or whatever, or yeah. Two, uh, you know, whatever, you can yeah. go into whatever. But, but they're going to inhale and exhale where the biggest part of their lungs are. Right. Like it makes sense. There's the biggest part of your lungs. You want to inhale, that part's going to inflate. And on the exhale, you're getting air out of your body. It's going to deflate. Like this is not, I'm not that smart, but this is pretty simple. And it is, and is I, how I, we should be breathing. Yeah. And I think, I don't mean to cut you off, yeah. but you, you brought up animals again, <laughs> but that's what makes us human, right? Like the part of our brain. And that's why, like, I think, you know, the part of our brain that makes us human has allowed us to evolve. Yeah. And that is funny because that's why I was so attracted to this, the psychology of breathing of why you're a vertical breather and what we talked about with my sister, right? Sometimes people develop these things because of psychological issues, insecurities, different things that their brain is regulating or like I have a defense, I have an ego, right? And that's yeah. what an animal doesn't have. He doesn't worry about how he looks. It's just like, what's the best thing for my body to survive, right? Yeah. And that's what, that was what humans have done. But then they developed this part of their brain that allowed them to evolve and allow us to be the species that we are. Yes. And that's why I was like, I'm so turned on about the psychology and the mechanics of the breath work, you know? And well, you say evolve, but you need to put that in air quotes. Okay. Because our breathing has We're on TV. Evolved. It can be real. We can do, oh, yeah. <laughs> So, but we've de we've actually gone back when it comes with our breathing. Okay. If you can, 
manipulate something consciously, there's a chance of you fucking it up. Okay. All right. So with breathing, that's what's happened is that right. when, when we can't think about it, we do it well. So when you're sleeping, you're probably breathing mechanically better than you are when you're awake. Really? Even if yes. you're, even if you're a vertical breather? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's interesting. I so, didn't know that. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Because you can't suck in your stomach. Right, right. You're not bracing your body right. from stress. You're not guarding your body from, from whatever pain you might've had in your yeah. middle. You're not worried about how you look. You're not in some weird posture because you think like it makes your body yeah. look better or whatever. <laughs> so you actually, and, and again, you're also lying down, which is hard to breathe vertically lying down. Right. But you know, you don't have shame around your middle yep. and you're unconscious. So now your brain does what it, your brain, your body do what it's supposed to do, which is inhale, expand, exhale, contract. Now you wake up in the morning, you sit up, and you know the first thing you do is you put on some compression garment or something tight, and then you you know stand up straight. Um, Look yourself in the mirror and think that I yeah. want to be a little better. You tighten your abs because right. you think that's going to make you have better abs, <laughs> and then you spend most of the day sitting, right. probably with your hips tucked under you in right. an exhale position, and then wonder why you're not breathing. Correct. And the breath goes up to your shoulders because it, it just can't expand and contract in the middle. Right. And you know I always have people. I was on um. Uh, what show was I on this week? Um, um, Reed, Kelly uh, Ryan. Yep. Yeah. And I, I almost said Regis and Kelly again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people do that all the time. Right. Yeah. But everybody knew what show. Yeah. So, um, and um, see, now I forgot which, where I was going. Sorry. You went on the show and you're. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. That happens. But yeah. I, I think it's, well, we were talking, actually, it's kind of what I was going to ask next, but I think it might spark your memory of what you're talking about. You were talking about wearing, you know, different compression, different yeah. things, and the psychology of why we started breathing vertically and like, you were saying about sitting down and stuff like that. So the psychology of it is like, and we were talking about your sister. Right. So um, your sister uh, breathes vertically or used to breathe vertically, you know, two yeah. days ago. Now she's but a mixed breather. Now she's a mixed breather. But you have to think about, you have to look at the person and go, why are you doing that? And and with your sister's case, like you can, yep. you can say a little bit about why. Yeah, no, no, Ashley had two open heart surgeries. I'm super proud of her. And, uh, you know, when she was two years old, she had an open heart surgery. And then again, when she was 26, 26, she's in studio with us right now. So Shout out my little sister. She's going to be our studio Woo! manager at F45. <laughs> F45 and my executive assistant helping me get my life together. But, uh, <laughs> um, but no, she had two open heart surgeries. They cracked open her sternum. I guess when I was yeah. doing running some errands the other day, you guys were going over this and you were explaining yeah. it to her, right? And she's got it threaded, right? Is that wired? Wired, wired. Wired. So, I mean, yeah. go ahead. Now you can yeah. kind of pick up. So, but, that's going to affect your breath. Yeah. And because, the, at least in the medical, well, actually all over, we're so specialized, your pulmonologist isn't necessarily going to look at the mechanics and the muscles of your breathing. They're going to look at your lungs. And your cardiologist is going to look at your heart, but not necessarily your, your lungs right. and the mechanics of your breathing. So you have all these specialists that are making sure that their particular organ is okay, but no one's looking at the system. And in general, at least now people are starting to, is how are we looking at ventilation? Because your lungs don't do anything on their own. It's literally like having a sponge that does nothing. It just sits there. Really? But... And, and it's, it's all going dependent to inhale. on your, yeah. yeah, it's dependent on <laughs> which which muscles. I'm sorry, uh, I'm going to test you. No, it's okay. Why are you putting me on the spot yeah. though? Like, no, yeah. the intercostal muscles. Your yes. yeah, intercostals, your diaphragm. So yep. all those muscles take the thoracic cavity and open it. Yep. So now that sponge in the middle is going to fill with air, yep. and then that thoracic cavity is going to squeeze, and that's how you exhale. Right. So anyway, like if you've had your sternum cracked open, is that you're obviously, there's an emotional concern there of like, you know, your heart's there and there was pain yep. obviously in the healing. Yep. Um, and that's going to change the way you breathe. So unless right. you bring the psychology in and learn the story of that person's that's the thing. thoracic cavity yep. and why they're gripping. Right. So what happened to you? I had a woman who came in to see me once and she was an excellent, she had excellent mechanics, but her pH was off. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And I said, you must be holding your breath because your mechanics are good when I ask you, but your pH is so off that That's, there's something going on here. And she said, oh, yeah, I do hold my breath. I'm like, oh, well, there we go. tell me that. Yeah. But, yeah. And uh, she said, oh, my, um, my child was abducted. They, and it ended up okay. They found her child was okay. Yeah, yeah. But she said, I'd been holding my breath for six years while we, this lawsuit went right. down. Right. And uh, so if I hadn't known the story about why she was holding her breath is that I would have looked at her mechanics and said, she's fine. I'm not sure why her pH is off. Let's go get her tested for other things. But she was able to, and again, you should still do those things, obviously. Right. Um, 
but we got her breathing again because she'd been holding her right. because of this story that was obviously very emotional. That's the thing that really, really, really fascinates me. And that's what one of our first calls and like why I took your class, why, you know, why I think we have this friendship that we do now is you got on the phone with me and you started explaining things. And when you started explaining those things, and again, I, I know my brain works very similar to yours in this, in this psychology sense, I started analyzing why I started vertically breathing. Nice. And that was so interesting to me because I started playing things in my head and really, I'm a pretty self-aware person and I'm not scared to dive deep into my own insecurities and different things. So I realized different insecurities were causing me to have a little bit of shoulder postural issues, you know, and that was probably causing me to curl a little bit and breathe a little bit in my chest. And then combine that with when I was playing baseball and, and it, I don't think it's at any fault to anybody because we're not taught this stuff that you're teaching, you know, vertical breath versus horizontal. It was like, take a deep breath. And it, I mean, not a lot of, you know, if you're listening audio wise, you can't see this, but I would lift my shoulders on the mound while I was in my set position, getting ready to take a pitch. And before I delivered it, it would just, I would lift my shoulders and drop down. And that's what they taught us was a deep breath in. And that, that was supposed to relax us, but tell us what a, a vertical does. It is a anxiety inducing breath, correct? Exactly. And yeah. that's exactly what I struggled with when I was playing was performance anxiety. And I, now I want, I don't wonder why, but back then I did, you know, and it's so, that's what sucked me in and why I was so interested in it. And I was like, if I can not only help myself do this, but I can go help other athletes and be a part of this going forward. I was like, this is something I want to be a part of and be able to change, especially because like I'm passionate too. I'm six, seven. So like I had some postural issues. And as I started doing this breath work and just changing my breathing, my posture started changing and I started being able to throw the ball better and move a little bit better. My hips were better. My back didn't have pain. It was crazy. And then I started understanding what I did about the pelvic floor and all those things. So I think it's so fascinating that. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No You know, once you start analyzing yourself, your mind, the different things, how that relates to your mechanics, and then something as innate as breathing, how many yeah. changes it can have, you know, it's wild. It's wild. And again, with health, you have to have the personal story yeah. or else people won't change. And I used to work on um, public education campaigns. So, you know, I mean, you guys don't use the subway here, but we have a subway and we always have, and they, they probably have it on buses and places like that, right. like stop smoking campaigns. Right, right. And um, I actually worked with someone who did a study that looked at smoking campaigns and found that don't smoke campaigns triggered cravings for people that smoked. Really? Yes. Well, so they actually were ads at the end of the day. Oh my God! Yeah. So the t tobacco companies were actually creating ads that said I don't no smoke. I know, I know, but 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 if hypothetically, <laughs> yeah. if, if, if they were, it was actually an ad, a marketing thing for them. It was in their marketing budget to make signs that say no, like no. Smoking I'm not sure things. how deliberate it was. Right, right. Again, but, I'm super cynical, so I think it's probably super deliberate. <laughs> but, but I like a good conspiracy yeah. theory too. So <laughs> right, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Conspiracy theory, why not? Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that it actually stimulates cravings rather than stops people from smoking, right. because when when has an ad ever stopped someone? smoking no, I'm I don't not think, really yeah. sure. so there was one particular ad that actually was in the New York subways if you were, ever saw this ad and it was a woman with no fingers and she was saying this is what smoking has done to me it, like obviously that it burned her fingers I, I got know. you okay 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 and but I was like this ad is never gonna work because no one knows anyone who has had fingers amputated much less four of them right because of cigarette smoking yeah like this is like i can't even put that together i don't even know how that would make sense right there like i'd I don't be know. like that's a dumb that's that's dumb. a dumb ad yeah <laughs> so you have to i mean the research on health change you know shows that you have to have a pretty strong attachment to the change and a really good support system yeah. to be able to make it happen and um with breathing, I was fascinated because when I started teaching, it didn't take that much. Right. So all this, you know, I'd have people leave it's and go, "Hey, I'm texting me later. I, I'm, I can't stop thinking about yeah. this." So for someone who's who's you know teaches or is a healer, or whatever, to have the person that you're working with come back and say, "I can't stop thinking about yeah. this," is mind blowing. Yeah. Because I've just spent my whole life like beating people over the head to try to get them to change, like stop, you know. Dating these people, stop, <laughs> like doing this right. to yourself, stop thinking yeah. these things. And now I teach this and the person goes out and goes like, I'm obsessed with this. I know. And so, so. Well, I think the immediate gratification of it is so 
is what's so thrilling is you see those results. And then, you know what, I actually want to talk to this. Talk to me about even the cognitive effects of it because I think it's almost cyclical. As you do this, right, you talk about this in your first book that I read for the class um, in Breathe, but essentially just focusing on your breath for 5, 10, 15 minutes a day in itself is the quote unquote meditation, right? And the benefits of meditation obviously, you know, help your cognitive thing, you know, yeah. operation. So. Well, it's even, it's even less than that because when people think 15 okay. minutes, they're like, oh my God. You right, know, right. I was saying like 10, time. you know, 5, 10, yeah. 15. I, was, I, I do that, but I'm just saying like, I know everybody's different. <laughs> I do that. I'm a weirdo. I'm saying I don't expect anybody to do that. I'm saying I, I'm, a, I'm a space cadet. And you know this. <laughs> so what it is, is that, um, you know, is that we have a lot of stress. Right. And the fact is we, we're probably not going to take stress out of our lives. Like asking someone to stop their stressful job is not realistic. Correct. They're not going to do that, especially if they're making money. Uh, yeah, and so yeah. lifeline and so <laughs> yeah. it pays yeah. the bills. Yeah. So, you know, we keep getting told to change our life or change our perception of it. And that's hard to do. Right. But the real thing that you can do that's actually short is you can interrupt the stress. ITS, interrupt the stress. I like that. Where... We're super resilient. I mean, as human beings are just, they're really adaptable. They're super resilient. So we can handle a lot of stress of all different types. Right. If you give us a chance to reset and turn off. I like so that. So all we need is like, we can have high stress, high stress, high stress, but just reboot. And then you can come back to the high stress. Correct. As long as you have those, the, those seconds of interrupting the stress, which we no longer have. So this is why stress is different than it ever has been before historically. Ooh, let's go. Yeah. Dive in. Well, most people will say like, oh, we're just like, we're snowflakes now. We're just like, we're soft now. And it's just, no, before you had high stress, whether it was war or the stock market or, right. or you know. Or a tiger chasing you. Tiger chasing <laughs> you <laughs> so or like times. screaming babies or whatever right, it right. was. But you had a moment where, and I keep doing, I'm like, if you can see, I'm like going, <laughs> doing a little sign on the. That's it. Yeah. Is that you would, you know. Go pretend you had to go to the bathroom and you would go to the bathroom. You would like I used to when I was stressed out and in that horrible relationship is that I would take showers. So, so go like yeah. stress reliever, get away. I was like, Just I'm in the be, shower. Yeah. I'm, I'm alone. By I'm by myself. Yeah. yeah for five minutes. Right. They turned into like half hour long showers. <laughs> Cold showers by the end. <laughs> yeah. Water's not hot. Yeah, I mean, He's yeah. banging on the door. Are you yeah. okay? <laughs> yeah, okay. We're out of water. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Um, but we don't have those we don't have those couple seconds to turn things off right. like and an example is you go into the bathroom everybody in the bathroom is texting yep like, <laughs> whether they're sitting they're standing that whatever they're doing they're texting they're communicating at moments where you probably should just be getting into the bathroom doing what you got to do giving yourself a second to take a breath right, right? be singularly focused on so one thing take your dump or use the yeah. restroom whatever <laughs> get out and we don't have those seconds anymore and it makes a huge impact that we don't have those those two seconds, 10 times a day that right. we would have been resets. Now nighttime comes, you've been on code red all day. And when you haven't been on code red, like when you've been at a stop sign, you're checking news or you're, you're trying to catch up with texts. Every moment you've been doing something or multitasking. Right. And now you're going to go to bed. Yeah. And now we're just going, expecting it to shut off. Yeah. Yeah. And your brain is like, uh-uh. Huh, I'm ready. We've been yeah. doing this all day. Let's we're, keep going. Yeah. Let's go. Going. Yeah. yeah. We so. need to survive. Yeah. No, I, and, I, and I think that's so important, the mental health aspect, the cognitive aspect, everything. And it, it teaches you, the breath just teaches you to be alone. I love that. Just be present, almost like we were talking about on the ride over here. And, and I think, that's, like you said, so important in today's world, just with so much attention being pulled at us and thinking we need to keep up, we need to do this. And if not, we're losing, right? Yeah. And that's what we talked about too. The like Some people have come to me, how do you meditate and maintain your edge and do this and do that? And it was what we go back to the, the range, the spectrum, right? And it's like, no, I just like to hover here because I do operate up here at the, yeah. at the 10. But when I'm there, I'm the full 10 because I can hover at the four and the five and maintain energy. And when I go to the low, I realize that the low isn't permanent. It's going to be gone. Yeah. You know, like it's like, I'm yeah, I'm tired in this moment. But guess what? I'm going to be at a 10 at some point because I'm going to be able to hover in that middle point and get my rest and do what I need to do. So I, I think that's so important. And that's why another reason why I love that you have the psychological aspect of this towards breathing. But hey, can we talk about something you just said? Yes. Is that at the other end of the spectrum? No, this is my show. I'm in control. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Talk about penis as well. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> is that when we go to that lower end of the spectrum, if you're a sympathetically driven person, and most athletes are, right. is that you assume that exhausted is like your zero, one, two. Right. And, um, and a lot of folks don't want to meditate. Or I know that, for instance, um, I got gifted a massage the other day. And I was like, I don't know if I want to get this massage because I don't want to be, 
I need to be on afterwards. And I know that I'll calm down so much that I'm going to not have my edge afterwards. Right. So that's how we're thinking. So, I love, that's so funny, though. It really is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I need like, energy. Want a massage, right. right? <laughs> but we have to be able to calm where we're not so tired that it flips us into exhausted, where it actually is just calm, where it is that, you know, that crocodile. It's like, hey, I'm just taking in the sun. I'm conserving energy because I'm going to pounce again. Or maybe I'll go to sleep. But it gives me a choice to be able to go in one direction or the 100%. other. One hundred percent. I think yeah. it fall, almost falls under the category of stoic, right? Like or stoicism. Like I, I, that's interesting to me because there is a there's a balance there. But I think that's something that I want to practice. One hundred percent. Well, you have to practice. Yeah, it. I know. Like, I, yeah, and cultivate that. Yeah. Well, I know. Like when I'm and I have to and I'm doing this, you know, as well. It's, it's a journey for everyone. Right. Is that when I pay attention to someone and when I'm present, I am so present. Right. And then the moment I stop, I'm like, which is what's going to happen when we're done. Is uh -huh. like, I'm like, I got to take a nap. Right. <laughs> you know, I need to like, I need to zone out. Yeah. I just like put in a ton of energy. And what I'm working on is I should be able to be so really present and have you feel like I'm right here with you, right. but not like, but be conserving a little bit of energy and still feel very present. And that's, you know, that's what I'm working on. Cause I'm about, I'm on all or nothing. Yeah. I'm like, I am paying incredible amounts of, you know, yeah. attention, attention to you. I'm remembering all these deep, and yep. that uh, comes from being a psychologist where I'm going to go, like, I know what your dog's name is, I know the date you said that. Blah, it's blah, really blah, important, blah. though, I think, to, for that human connection part and that yeah. singular focus part. And if you are doing, if you're a person that travels a lot, if you are doing a lot of things, you're working yeah. with a lot of clients, it's really important to be singular focused. It's why I just hired Ashley to help me with my scheduling, right? Like, to be able to, hey, on this hour, because I trust that Ashley has scheduled everything and I have my whole day yeah. planned, I can focus and I'm not, my mind isn't sending any energy anywhere else. Like, oh my God, in an hour, we have to go here. We got to do this. No, Ashley's taking care of that. I can look you in the eyes and be completely focused on this one hour podcast and give every energy. And then when I leave here, okay, you flip the switch. It's yeah. like, it's why yeah. we're, when we were doing the breath work the yeah. other day, we were having a conversation about something. You were like, okay, do the big test. And I'm like, no, my, no, I didn't have time to switch my brain. I'm like, no. And then that's yeah. something that I'm working on is being yeah. able to be, you know, mal almost malleable in that situation and be able to pivot and do different things. So well, that's a lot from tactical fitness yeah. is that you're not going to be able to in sports you know what's going to happen one thing after the next for the most part you know you know now right right playing. right um but when if you're a first responder or, or a tactical athlete is that you have to be in that in between all the time right because you don't actually you don't actually even know what might happen right like it's when you're playing a sport and again i i love both tactical athletes and regular athletes yeah, yeah. but there's a big difference in that sometimes the theory for pro athletes and tactical athletes doesn't connect well. It's not it's not the same. Right. Because if you're a tactical athlete or a first responder, the amount of things that can go wrong are huge. Yeah. Like you have an incredibly long list. So the ceiling can fall down, the floor can if you're a firefighter, the floor can fall down. You know, you have so many things that could happen right. wrong. Whereas if you're an athlete, you can probably list these are the things that could go wrong and they can go wrong within this time frame. Right. That's I, yeah. I love it. I think it's so fascinating and the and I think it's fascinating the spectrum of athletes and, and and the word athlete, right? And how that it's so applicable to so many different people and, and avenues in this in this world. Um, one of the reasons that I got into it, what, what was the term that you used earlier? Locomotive pairing. Locomotive, locomotive pair pairing. So that's yeah. definitely something that now that you I'm gonna steal yeah. that phrase from you. And, I, and I, I was not original. So I, I, I know have to make it wasn't sure, original. Yeah. yeah, I understand. Yeah. I understand it wasn't. Do you know where it was from? No, I don't. It was from um, the Secrets of. Uh, it's a Russian book, and I'm totally spacing on it right now. Should we look it up? The Secrets of Vladimir. It's you'll find it. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Um, but they talk about locomotive pairing. I don't know where they got it from, but I'm a huge stickler about referencing people. Yeah. Because I if think I it's come so important. Up with yeah. The term, like I will absolutely own it. Like yeah. vertical and horizontal are mine. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but there's all these great terms out there, and I'm I'm, I'm really passionate about making sure that people that, well, that came up with them are, are referenced. For them. I so think that's probably mine. why you're so well respected in the industry. Is everybody you know? We talked about this yesterday too. Everybody has original thoughts, and it's probably been said at some point mm -hmm. in, in another way, shape, or form. So if you're always crediting the people you're around, they're always going to want to work with you and everything. So it's and there's some great stuff out there. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm really skimming the surface of this. Is I'm finally bringing in together things that are breathing things, right. but I hope I'm just setting it up so that we can continue having this conversation and we can see where there's research that's necessary. Like this is not the end, you know, end all be all. This is the very beginning. And I'm hoping people are going to read this book and go, oh, well, what about locomotive? She didn't mention this sport. Like what about the breath and this, that and the other? And, you know, yeah. I'm hoping it really it, it helps 
continue and spur and encourage more conversation and more research. And I think it's gonna, and that's why I think, you know, you and I are just starting this, this friendship and this working relationship and stuff. And I think we're gonna do some great things in the sporting industry. Um, and, and you've noticed some of the things that, that I'm attracted to in this, in this industry. And the reason I'm so passionate about it is I, I ruptured my L5 S1 two years ago. I had some lingering issues, but I'm also like, everybody told me to have surgery. And I was like, no, I'm not having surgery. I was like, I'm gonna beat this. I'm a mind body person, you know, all this stuff. I, I also eat really right. I work, I work out. I'm very, you know, I knew that if, if somebody put a program in front of me and said, your back will heal naturally this way, I know I'm gonna do everything and probably a little bit more there to do it. So I believe in that kind of stuff. Um, but then as I started doing the breathing and started changing my posture, I started seeing how much how much flexibility I had in my T-spine and that was something I always struggled with. And then as it went down, as I read your book and started understanding the center of gravity and the pelvic floor muscles, I thought that was really interesting and not, not just from a sex standpoint. Fellas, do yourself a favor though and start doing some Kegel exercises. <laughs> but seriously, no, like I, the center of gravity. That. yeah. <laughs> and, and most women probably will. Um, but seriously, talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, I mean even, even talk to dudes about the, the, the sex muscles and everything, your PC muscles, because I think it's so important to your center of gravity, your pelvic, you know, all the things. Talk to me about that and how you're working you know with sex muscles. Are. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> talk to us. Tell yeah. us. Enlighten us. Let's go. So, I mean, when you talk about the spine, I am not a spine expert. Right, right. I'm no, going to tell you yeah. how go, breathing correlates to it. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to, again, let me reference, you know, go to Stu McGill, go to Kelly Sturette. There are people who are spine experts and who I have studied and mm -hmm. who I admire. We'll put those so, in the show notes. Absolutely. Yep. That would be great. Yep. Um, but um, again, when I look at a sport, I look at I'll say, what is a sport like and what is it not like? And what are myths around what it's like? So let's use last week I was in um, uh, buh, 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 Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Is Milwaukee? Well, I was working with a, an extreme snowmobiler. Okay. Okay. So before I went, I was like, okay, extreme snowmobiling, you, you sit on a snowmobile and you go, like, I thought the terrain would be extreme. Right. Well, yes, I was right. The terrain is extreme, but what people are doing on these bikes is completely extreme. So I'm little obsessive as you can tell is that <laughs> I studied everything I could get my hands on on extreme snowmobiling and so I learned about it and watched it on video uh slowly quickly yeah. like, and and to see what I was dealing with right um and for those of you that don't know you stand on the snowmobile yeah. the entire time I had no idea about that you duck you're ducking a lot so if you can think about what kind of a workout this is that you're standing so over it, you're ducking branches, and you're also, it's called side hilling, you also take the machine and you're, you're riding it in extreme um, inclines, right. right? And then if you fall or if something goes wrong, you've got this 100-pound machine in the snow, you gotta dig it out, and then you keep going. And not sad. to mention avalanches, so we won't right. let you go <laughs> in that direction, but there's always the chance of an avalanche right. because of the terrain that you're going through. So I look at it and I think, oh, this is like um, bull riding. Okay, so, and I had actually gone to a rodeo the week before because I was looking at the mechanics of that, which is really tough for me because you watch somebody Because you wanted to get on the bull. Because I wanted to, I did not want to get on the bull. <laughs> mechanic, I've never even been on a mechanical yeah, bull. Yeah, uh, bullshit. Yeah, I have not. <laughs> I feel like you would kill it. You're a breath instructor. Yeah? You got a good core and intercostal muscle. Do we have one here in Baton Rouge? Uh, we are not I'm, filming that, but yeah, that would be I great. bet you we do. I feel like there's some that place, there's a rodeo place that probably has a bull in Baton Rouge, if I had to guess. I'm, you know, it's not my place that I hang out with on Friday Saturdays, but I mean, I'm sure we can find somebody <laughs> that does. Yeah, I'm sure. We yeah. need one in the gym. <laughs> so, um, so I look at bull riding. I'm like, oh, it's like bull riding. And then I look at bull riding. It's absolutely not like bull. Like the bottom part of your body is a little bit like bull riding, but when you ride the bull, you are the movement of the, you're trying to stay on the bull as long as possible. On the snowmobile, you are actually trying to control the top of it. So oh, that's the, what, yeah. what the upper part of your body is doing on a bull and on the snowmobile is completely different. Right. Although I, I understand why people think there's similarities. So so it's sort of like motocross with a bull. Gotcha. So that's where like uh, that's where my brain got to understand. Right. Like, okay, yes, you have the bottom half of you doing something. The top is actually trying to maneuver as well. And then you actually will pivot from one side of the machine to the other. So your flexibility and your thoracic flexibility has to be good because, and I'm trying to do it with my hands, right, is right. that you'll be on, standing on the snowmobile and you'll ha want to go to this side to turn it, you'll hop over it. So the dexterity is like, it's, it's insane. It's yeah. so interesting. But it really is. It sounds like it very similar to the what we talked about with golf and baseball where you're yes. stabilizing your lower half and you have to be mobile with your upper half yes. and the, and the T-spine and everything. So it makes sense. Like, I mean, 
And that's the thing where, where the breath work has come in so much for me and, and my thoracic mo mobility and able to open up and do things that I hadn't done, but, and also eliminate a lot of chronic pain. For the last four, five, six years, I used to have this chronic pain in my T-spine and I would go to my physical therapist, we'd do MRIs, we'd try to figure it out, I'd go to my chiropractor, my sports wellness doctors, all these different things, and I couldn't figure it out. And the breath work is what eliminated my my chronic T spine pain. I'm serious. It makes sense. Yeah, right? because that was my load. That's or or in, if I was loading with my shoulders yeah. instead of loading with my lumbar and my glutes and and having my hips in the right position, that probably had to do with maybe weak PC muscles or not engaging those on certain lifts or coordinating them with my breath. I was loading in my T spine in my in the middle of my back, and that was taking all the load. And now I'm understanding with my posture and the way that my back is sitting, I'm like, oh, this is the way it's supposed to go. Squats are a lot easier now. I can lift a lot more weight. It's so crazy. It really is. And like, that's why I'm so passionate about it and like passing it on because I, I've gone through it. I'm currently going through it. I'm doing all these corrective exercises through breathing. And now I'm seeing like my sports performance go up at the age of 30, doing things that I'd never been able to do at 22. It, you know, like back when I was 22, it's crazy. That's love, crazy, 22, because 22 is. That's yeah, what I mean. That's why yeah, I told you the other day. 21, 20. I mean, not to, I mean, most people know if they're listening to the show, I was a first rounder, you know, I was like, I, I was good. I was really good. It was like, but I just, I, I can't imagine what I would have been like if I would have known how to really move my body and have my, my kinetic chain really synchronized, you know, throughout my delivery, throughout my movement patterns, throughout my lifting. It just, it just would have been really interesting, I think, to see how my career played out. And that's why I think, you know, I'm, run, I'm messing around throwing a ball again, you know, and just see, see what happens. So, so you're, so just talk about, because I think it's interesting when you say that, yeah. is that, were you using your diaphragm before to breathe? Not or at are all. You now? Not at all. So it was interesting. So like I would be pitching and I thought I was taking or throwing, working out everything. Even so now I notice it when I'm doing my shoulder raises. So I'm even doing shoulder raises. I used to lift my, and, and it's funny because the cues that they told us where they would be like, set your scap. And that would be the first thing that you do like for a shoulder raise. And I thought set your scap meant like lift your, like lift this. So I'm actually engaging my shoulders, thinking I'm activating my scaps when really activating my scaps is this. And I'm supposed to be breathing diaphragmatically. So did you see how my posture just changed yeah. immediately just yeah. by pumping out my belly and setting my like mm -hmm. hips in the right way? So that's the way I was. And I would be doing exercises. And when I fatigued, I'd be breathing chest and mouth and be breathing. And everything mm. would just be creeping up, creeping up, creeping up as I went. And now that I breathe diaphragmatically yep. as I do those things. And, and I told you, too, I'm also training a couple people right now. I, I just got some equipment in my garage. I'm doing some personal training. And, and when I tell people to breathe into their diaphragm or into their back, mm -hmm. I see their posture and their and their glutes and their hips actually align in the right way. And I'm like, uh, that's even from a training perspective, yeah. like the instant gratification of just yeah. aligning them by telling them just a cue of yeah. diaphragmatic breathing is yeah. crazy. So I see these I, I see them in the way that I move my hips, my glutes, and the way that like the major muscle groups actually fire and activate. And as you know, as a power athlete, as a rotational athlete, yeah. it's, it's absolutely critically important to have all your muscles and, yep. you know, rotators all firing the right way. And you Sorry, know, that concept is not, no, that's, that's love, hearing your story is fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the concept is not, so Ron Hruska, who's brilliant, yeah. um, does zone of opposition stuff and, and, and talks a lot about the diaphragm, and the pelvic floor being right. where they should be. Um, as does an incredible um, researcher clinician named Diane Lee. But I think that what I've been able to do because of my child's -like background is actually just phrase it so that it makes sense. Right. And it's cueing. That's so important. Yes, cueing. That's what I was going to say. Some of the cues in your system and your program have helped me so much. And that's what I think is so like your inhale expand and exhale narrow is so yeah. important to me. And I actually think about it so much. And then as I visualize, you know, the posterior anterior tilt with those, those cues has, that's been the game changer for me. And that's what I actually show my clients, especially athletes, you know, the posterior anterior tilt with the breath. And they're like, Oh, okay. I didn't know I was supposed to, you know, yeah. and then the synchronicity of that is like, yeah. is, is game changing. We talked yeah. about it, almost get into like yeah. a flow state during yeah. the workout. It's wild. Well, getting yourself into flow. And that's something that, um, I work with an organization called leadership under fire. Yeah. And we talk a lot about, um, staying in a particular heart rate range while you're operating in a Ooh, fire. Yeah. yeah, and that that's really interesting because once you go off, you know, the side of the curve, you're not thinking as clearly, you're not decision making, you know, your decision making isn't as good. Yeah. And you'll find yourself, if you take that and you super, super simplify it, is that I've had moments and I'm playing with this more of flow when I'm rowing. So, and rowing, again, is one of those sports that I had to learn yeah. and uh, it's very specific. Like you see people jump onto a rower and do some awful things, awful, awful, 100%, like yeah. terrible movements. 
Um, but when your mechanics are right on a rower, and I'm not saying mine are perfect because I'm still working on it, and then you add the breath, um, you know, the pacing of the breath, the breath diaphragmatic, whether it's forwards or back, and then, you know, you always have to talk about, um, Brian McKenzie and, and Art of Breath talk about the gears, which are fantastic, of with your, whether you're breathing through your nose or your mouth, right. you know, with the choices you have of which yeah. orifice you breathe in and out of, you combine all those things and they're synchronized. The moment of flow is like, it's almost like uh, surfing. Yeah. When you're like, when you're surfing and you're the, the best part yeah. of the wave, yep. right? So and it's this feeling of being completely in sync with your body. And, and your in the zone, right? And as an athlete, yep. And as an athlete, that's what we call in the zone. So that's why I'm so fascinated with this breath work and how it applies even to the flow state and the, and, and pitching, right? So as a pitcher, you, it's, it's perfect to be in flow because the way you catch the ball, the way you get in the rhythm, you put it in your glove and if you're breathing, and now I want to apply the breathing to that. And that's why I know, because I've been in flow states during games before where you just know you grab the ball. You don't even think you have the right grip. Everything feels right. It is the most powerful thing in the world. And your brain is operating right in that state. Your, your, your brain waves are all in probably a certain state. I'm not going to get into that and it's too weird. But that's why I'm so fascinated with the breath and how that relates and the mental health. And even what you just said, decision making. Your cognitive abilities when you're under stress compared to when you're more in a parasympathetic state, you're going to perform better because you're going to make better decisions. Your body's going to be in a better and just allows you to get more into a flow state. That's why for a pitcher, I love this breath work because... I know inducing a flow state is going to be, I don't want to say easier. It's not, it's not really easy to do that, but you're probably more likely to put yourself in a good chance to get into a flow state with better breath. And you know, and you can practice it like exactly, right now when we yeah. talk about flow. It's like this elusive thing. It's a flow. Right, right. It even sounds kind of elusive, <laughs> yeah. flow, but you can actually practice getting in and out of it. And, uh, yeah. And yeah. you can, you can conjure it. You can actually right. bring it about. You got to practice exactly. like anything, but yeah, just like anything. So, um, we're going to get ready to wrap this up, but, Tell us, you know, a little bit more about the, the, the Breathing Warrior book, the, you know, the release date. We'll wrap with that. We'll talk on that. And then a little bit where people can find you. I know you have a couple yeah. different landing spots and then maybe even the Breathe class. We can talk about that and yeah. how I'm going to get my certifi yeah. certification here. you're almost here. done. I know. A couple more yeah. days. <laughs> Why did you look down and say, well, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm killing it. You know it. You are. You're doing really well. You're doing really well. Right, so um, the book, uh, Breathing for Warriors. Yeah. Uh, March 10th. March 10th. I'll put it in, the, in, the, in the notes and there's a landing page for that, correct? Yeah, there's a pre-sale for that. We're going to put a little package together for pre-sale package for that. Awesome. And, um, that's all about strength, endurance, precision sports, which is, we didn't get to talk about, but that's kind of really yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, that'll be part two. Yeah, we can, we, yeah we can have a part two. And then uh, recovery and resilience. So awesome. it's got everything in there. And like I said, it's not, it's really combining all the best voices and research um, that has been done in one place so that we can, you know, continue to put it together in a good place and in a good way awesome. and really keep everything science-based and yeah. And interesting. So um, and that one's a little bit more athlete, athlete focused, correct? Athletes, but okay. it's athletes. It's it's a range, so right, it right. can be. You know, you could be a power lifter. That's what I mean. All athletes, yeah. yeah. Or we, you could be a golfer, or you could, you know, it could be shooting right. and range. It's all types of uniform, sir. Yeah, service yeah. members, all those different yep. things. I mean, and and there's athletic and there's movement patterns and all that. So that's I think that's you know the category that falls under. What about breathe? Your first book that was more. Set, who is that? Breathe who is the was, target audience you know, on it, that? I, they the breathe cover is interesting because it's like me looking like soccer mom and like <laughs> pastel outfit, know, yeah. and it was uh it was just more of a, a, a basics book right. because there really hadn't been there are some great like you've seen our reading list our right. required reading list for yeah. my certification is pretty long so yeah. there are some amazing books out there this one was more about how to teach a diaphragmatic breath in a really simple clear way although had a lot of research behind it and a lot of anatomy. I kept it simple so that you didn't get distracted right. by the how but complicated. It, I was just gonna say you made it. Uh, that was it was so easy to consume and it was so easy to go back and read and look at the different chapters and stuff like that. And I love the way that you um, combine the anatomy with the cognitive st stuff in that yeah. book too. You know, chapter ten we talked about that. No, it really was. It was easy to read. It's a pre you know it's obviously for your course and your yeah. class and everything. So um, talk a little bit more about being breathe certified real quick before oh, we sure. sign off. Yeah, and, and what so, that means. The breathe certification um, right now you can do it in ten sessions um, over Skype. Just came out with a program that is four videos of me, but super relaxed. Nice, because, I like, didn't no know. One needs yeah. Me. yeah, super relaxed. Um, you know, in the living room yeah. with great notes and um, references. Cool. So four hours of that. Okay. And then it's 
five hours with an instructor over Skype and then one hour with me. Ah, so very that's cool. like, okay. And that cert has continuing education credits attached to it. NASC, awesome. some ACE, Yoga Lion, so on and so forth. And that one I love because very it's cool. the way I would want to learn. Give okay. me four weeks of video with yeah. homework and then four Skypes, five yeah. Skypes. To learn it hands on a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So that's a really nice one. We'll be doing one for that it's fitness related. Okay. Um, and that one's going to be very specific to sports. Damn. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to have to be up there for that. We'll put all that stuff in the show notes, but um, we're definitely going to be, you're definitely going to be on this show multiple times. So I know uh, this was just an introduction to you, but seriously, thank yeah. you so much. I know we're in Baton Rouge and you're helping me complete my certification, but thank you for everything you've done for my life. Thanks for coming on to the show. And, and I mean, even thank you for mentoring Ashley, you know, the last couple of days. She's I'm going to kidnap Ashley. I know, actually. right? You know she, yeah, like, she's she doesn't sharp. know yet and you don't yet. I know either? you keep saying that and I'm like I think I she's know. throwing out feelers I'm like she's gonna steal uh -huh. my steal my girl I am I asked her how much like she needed to leave I know I, I know you did and then you even said something about New York you're playing that against me because uh -huh. that's where her fiance is from there's no I'm like, mosquitoes in New York yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, I don't uh -huh. think so you ain't going anywhere we'll see yeah, right. I know, I know. No, but uh, all right, guys, everybody check out uh, Dr. Belisa's stuff. I'm going to put everything in the show notes where you can find everything. Uh, she's an incredible woman. Where do you find, wh what's your social media handles and stuff? Just so. uh, I think it's Dr. Belisa. Just Dr. Yeah, Belisa, yeah. B-E-L-I-S-A. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon. All right, well, that wraps up our show. Wish we had more time, but thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys liked the show, make sure to share it with one other person or reach out to tell us what you liked or what you'd be interested to hear more about. If you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure to click that subscribe button and don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook with the handle at upandin.show. We'll be collaborating often and providing multiple training, nutrition, and supplement giveaways throughout the year. We will constantly update you guys with our past, current, and future guests. You guys can also check out Jared and I's personal LinkedIn pages to find out more educational content that we're going to produce throughout the year. Or if all else fails, just go to the website at theupandinshow.com. Thanks again, guys.